Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Evening and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode. I'm your host Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Oh, brilliant! And the amazing Chris Randazzo. I am younger. <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. This week was my week, and as a favor to somebody else on the show, I picked Doctor Who 2017 Christmas Special. Because I feel Karen was chomping at the bit. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. What shows we should be watching. And who your favorite doctor is. Mine is the pediatrician I had when I was a child. Dr. Mario. Dr. Quinn? Medicine woman? I don't Just kidding! It's doc. It's the doctor. <laughs> I have never seen that show. Well, there you go. Nor have I. Isn't there a moose in the like the opening sequence? I think that's Northern Exposure. Oh. Yes, I think Chris is right about that. Okay, Northern Exposure is awesome. I am fucking impressed that you pulled that one though. <laughs> um, all right. So I haven't Man, the caught theme up. Song in that show is great. <laughs> I haven't watched any of this season of Doctor Who, so I just jumped straight into the Christmas special for the... I I mean, is it always the regeneration? Like, it's it's so good of an episode? Like, I really enjoyed Hmm. this. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I think the regeneration episodes are usually pretty good they're you know yeah, they're giving the actors ones. a send-off so yeah i mean all right so this episode in itself was the ending of technically two doctors because like the first doctor showed up again or something like that that I, was the first doctor yeah the very with like the very first doctor mm-hmm. played by a different actor than originally played him because the original actor's dead Okay, because... It has been for a very long time. That You know what? Like, they did that little special effect where they morphed his face into being older, and mm-hmm. it did not look like a completely different human being. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that dude is really dead, but whomever they got... Yeah. Dude, I don't think that was really intended to make him look like he's morphing into older. I think it was just morphing from William Hartnell to William Bradley. Okay. David Bradley. David Bradley. Or William Bradley. I don't know who that is, but he could very well be an actor. Um, I, like I said, I I didn't feel I missed out on anything from the, the season. Like, from it's the not season, like, no. Like they, this the was... only thing you missed knowing would be knowing who Bill is. And, like, they pretty much thought Bill was his companion. So, wait, Bill was only whole... this season? Hmm? Bill was only this season because I knew Bill yes. was his companion. So we must, I must yeah. have watched way early. Like he was a, a professor. 
at a, at yeah. a school, right? Yeah, that was this season. That was this season? Okay. That was a while ago. That's uh, also true, because it wasn't like the season just ended. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a while ago. Okay. So, I didn't get very... Then Then I correct myself. I didn't get very far into this season. Um, but apparently, Bill died. What happened to the, the creepy-looking android dude? Oh, my God. Um, well, Bill didn't die. She turned into a water creature thing. Did you see the early episode where there was a girl trapped in a puddle? Yes, I did see that one. <laughs> okay, that girl, Bill was going to die. Bill got turned into a Cyberman, actually. Ooh. And then uh, in before the like transition was completely final, she, um, the water girl showed up and saved Bill and converted her from a Cyberman to the same type of water being that she was so she could be eternal and they could go off and have lesbian adventures in space. That's right. They were lesbians. I remember that too. Hmm. So because, um, what's his face? Because Stephen Moffat loves his companion so very much. Clara is an immortal, oh my God. Uh, no diner longer waitress? dead diner waitress floating through space in her own TARDIS with a shielder who's also immortal. And now Bill is an immortal water creature having lesbian adventures in space. Except she's not because like in this episode, she, was oh, yeah, a glass person. she couldn't have been in this episode if she wasn't dead. True. Ooh, but that's also then a very again, we don't really have a frame of reference for when the like when she died or when the glass people came from. Like, so the glass people are completely yeah. new, right? They could have been yes. from like the year okay. sixty-five billion or something like that. Yeah. All Who I'm knows? saying is, you know, where? How come Donna Noble didn't get an ending like that? Because if any character in the, any companion deserved some sort of immortal space being, like. Powers. It's Donna Noble. Which she one's should be Donna, in charge of everything. Which one's Donna Noble? Uh, Catherine Tate, the redhead. Okay. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the one that wasn't falling in love with the doctor? Yes. The one who had her boyfriend with her most of the season, and he did that. No, no, that's no, no, Amy. that's Karen Gillan. There were two redheads. Oh, Jesus criminy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, this episode. <laughs> yes. The just the 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 stuff with Bill that being dead or not dead or immortal or whatever the hell she was that to me that was Moffat's final Moffat. Okay, just, it's just a, like, haha, like, <coughs> Moffat. <laughs> coughing up, coughing up a Moffat ball. That that okay. So that does fix or I shouldn't say fix leaves a lot of windows and doors open for the future because technically speaking. Anyone can come back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but the 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 interaction between the two doctors was great. Oh my god, it was so great! Um, it was great. Everything David Bradley did was complete magic. Uh, that I am, I've you know have experience with the original first Doctor, and I can say that he did everything perfectly. It was like seeing that guy come back to life. And and um, the whole from another time period, the way he talked, <laughs> like those little, I like they were just shy of interstitials, but they were great. Like it shows how how the not even the doctor, how times have changed, because yeah, that's how it was back in in early Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, and it 
was funny. For me, there was a little bit too much of it. There was like one or two too many jokes of that kind. Okay. To, be, f- to me, it felt a little bit like Moffat being like, look how cool I am. Look how like progressive <laughs> wow. I am treating women like the way that they need to be treated. Look, 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 look. Uh, here's another one. It's like, okay, settle down, dude. Like, You really don't it. like Moffat. <laughs> I do and I don't, dude. I do and it's a love hate thing. Yeah, because like seriously, Moffat has been responsible for some uh just some amazing, amazing stuff. But he also has a tendency to like go too far. I mean, Christ, look at the ending to Sherlock. Mm. Like (laughs) wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like talk about like one of the best TV shows ever made takes this crazy turn into banana balls town and it's just like, well this no i got i got nothing i got no way to i don't even know what's going on right now i think there was a dragon i doesn't matter i think you're confusing cumberbatch rolls but okay there could have been a dragon in that the show was weird man that whole conclusion was crazy and to to the same point of what he does with the companions like he like he even undid his thing that he did with uh you know wiping clara from the doctor's memory oh like, yeah i i didn't oh, realize yeah, that's right that he that she was wiped i forgot right. that and I, then she was like oh guess what i'm gonna show you how important memories are by giving you your memories of clara back and because of reasons like and that was fine it was Spooky. nice to see her back but like jesus dude wait wasn't fine. the first interaction no when was Clara stuck in a, a Dalek or a Dalek? However, that you was say. like that was her first. Appearance. That was her first episode. So yeah. he referenced that in this episode before mm-hmm. getting the knowledge of her back. I don't remember that, but okay. Well, okay. He gets his memory his memory back at the end of the episode, right? Okay, when he goes to that planet to get. The facial recognition software, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, he goes and there's to the good Dalek there. That's he's he literally says, Do You remember when I was rattling around in there? Oh, that was a different one. That was an episode where he, it was what was it called he Journey literally, to the Center of a Dalek. Was, yeah, he got literally miniaturized and went inside of a Dalek, and that and was that a Dalek. spent the, the whole episode convincing that Dalek, like. Essentially, not to kill people. Not to kill people and like showing him the error of the Daleks. And then he just, that Dalek decided that he needed to kill all the Daleks. But in that instance, he was also insane. So I merged those two episodes together. Yes. Uh, Murderer. Uh, uh, interesting. Jeez. Okay. All right. So, well, there you go. Um, I, the speech, the, you know, the talking to the next doctor the speech. <laughs> You're right, Karen. <laughs> no, it was it was very very well done. And see, that's why I can't can't hate Moffat because he can also do that. Like and that was wonderful and amazing and perfect. All of the feels, all of them, showed up in that what two minutes, that soliloquy that he presented. It was phenomenal, and the introduction of the new doctor um referenced it was super brief did anybody else feel like 
I don't remember. What the hell? I feel like. It was about how much time Matt Smith got. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess for some reason in my memory, I I have, my brain is like, has the new doctor gets like a couple of lines before the episode ends instead of like saying one word and then the TARDIS blows up. (laughs) Yeah, Matt Smith definitely had a couple of lines, but uh, Tennant didn't, right? Yeah, Tennant only had one line, I think. Yeah, I think he just, yeah, it was like, where were we? Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, well, yeah, whatever. It, I guess then it is the more that the the last episode is more of a farewell of the old Doctor than a welcome of the new one. Right. The introduction and the start off to season 11, like, it was done really, really well. Like, even for, I am not a, a I like Doctor Who, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. It's not like I hunt it out, but I I enjoyed this as a show. Like mm-hmm. very entertaining. You didn't have to have all of the history. Like it helps, but you don't need to know it because mm-hmm. the, the 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 show presents itself in a way that it could be episodical, or at least this one. But the it's it was the rest of the episode. The the uh, what is that the, the 19 whatever armistice where you know they stopped world war one yeah like like that was a hugely touching moment and it was presented as such but then the Mm -hmm. little thing where he he says you know world war one and then the guy asks well what do you mean one one like like, yeah that was a moment like shit this guy doesn't know feel bad for yeah. him. <laughs> I think Gatiss was great in this episode. Um, he's, you know, he's done other parts before in Doctor Who. Um, he, it's always fun to see him be kind of a stooge. Right. <laughs> Just like be like, oh, I'm not getting this whole time travel thing or whatever. That's always fun to watch. But at the same time that the speech that he gives to the glass person right before, you know, he's going to, he knows he's going to die. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, what was his... All right, his character... I mean, they label it the captain, but he they said his name, and then they... Right. Is that a character yes. or a lineage that shows up repeatedly in the show? Um, I have a... This is kind of a retcon thing, and it, it kind of bugs me, but I'll, I'll let it go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yes. He uh, turns out to be the father of the brigadier. Does that... Nope. character name ring a bell no it's nope. from classic who okay um when the doctor was stuck on earth he was working with unit all the time and the like head of unit was this guy brigadier alistair gordon lethbridge stewart and <laughs> so the guy in this episode was that guy's dad uh-huh. and the brigadier showed up like constantly throughout classic who don't think he ever he did not make an appearance on new who and then he died um, the actor died, so they like they reference him a lot, and they made him into a Cyberman in that one. That was kind of cheap. And the uh, in the in New Who, and especially the most recent seasons, they've brought Unit back, and now the head of Unit is his daughter. So that's like a lineage uh, that exactly a lineage that has shown up throughout the show. Isn't the actress who plays his daughter his actual daughter or something? Or I think you're I thinking of up? the Doctor's daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, 
But the the reason that it bugs me that that was that guy's dad is that they're he's like, well, make me a promise, you know, you know, check in, check in on my family, and and uh, and while the first doctor doesn't know what he's talking about, the the twelfth doctor's like, um, yeah, we've checked in on your family throughout all of time and space, and the reason that bugs me is that that's like that doesn't jive with any of the appearances of the brigadier in the original show. Like it's never played like, Oh, I'm checking up on you because of a promise I made to your dad. That's just something we threw in and fucking 40 years later. So it's a little bit of a retcon, but I should probably let it go. Cause it's just a nice little sentimental bit. But I mean, oh. I, I guess that kind of makes sense because well, David Bradley didn't really, uh, first doctor didn't remember this adventure. Because, oh yeah, I guess that's true. And you know, Capaldi would have been like, "Yeah, sure, I did that." Because <laughs> well, they made a very did. big deal about the fact that Peter did not remember the situation at all, mm-hmm. and it was we. No, I thought for a second that the the glass people took over and did something with the memory, but. How well they've they've previously done bits where like uh you know when two doctors meet one another eventually the other ones will forget that meeting because time corrects itself wibbly wobbly timey wimey right uh, yeah it's a pretty pretty standard time travel thing like yeah. well we can't make this canon with <laughs> like it won't work with uh, everything that we've done before so interesting pretty standard thing for them to do now last question I have uh, Mark Gaddis. Gatus. Gatus has he all right, I know I've seen him in Sherlock. And yes. you say he shows up on who? Yes. Is it always within this character? Or No. So he just every once in a while pops in because he was like he's a writer for the show as he's well. He's a writer, he? exactly. And an actor, yeah. And he just like they just keep reusing the same guy. <laughs> yeah, he was in a season four episode called The Lazarus Experiment season four season three um it was a martha episode that wasn't okay. that good and then the, he was in another one and i can't remember what it was but yeah he ne- he does he's not he's now shown up i think as three different characters and the doctor never notices interesting anyway i thought it was a great episode i really enjoyed it um I am going to now go back to to catch up because yes there was a lot of information that was presented but not horribly spoiled you know what i mean like, yeah and season 10 is is worth the watch i mean not every bill is not for everybody but i i thought she was pretty cool so Meh. <laughs> and was... i mean it's it was worth it for capaldi alone just to yeah. make sure that you soak up every drop of him that you can as the doctor <laughs> <laughs> yes he was he, like i was at the beginning i was you know hot and cold with him and I, I know Chris and I had a conversation how wrong I was but yes you are wrong it's the more I see him portraying the character the, the more I enjoy it and the more I think he's like the perfect fit for it like you just yeah, gotta get over this... he's not he's not the other doctors he's a different doctor and each like the Matt Smith and um, who's the doctor was it before him Tennant they were their personalities mm-hmm. like their 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 presentations were very much more similar than right that than peter so 
it wasn't as jarring of a change from 10 to 11 as it was from 11 to 12. And speaking of jarring changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you couldn't get a much more jarring change than from 12 to 13. I, we don't know. I mean, person, like, okay, yes, you're getting, I mean, you're getting I'm, male I'm saying to female. Physically. physically, yes. Big change. But <laughs> not only male to female, but age as well. Yeah, you that know what? That's also true. It, but I never really took into account the age because it has varied so greatly. And you may not, but the show does. I mean, uh, when 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 one and twelve meet in this episode, and one is all disappointed that he doesn't look much younger. <laughs> so, like the like the audience may not care about the relative age, but the doctor kind of does care about how old, old or not old he looks. Interesting. Or I guess she looks now. Yeah, yeah, she is much younger, and she is much more female. So that's probably a bigger change that we're going to get. <laughs> yes, but she is just as Scottish. So. And still not ginger. And still not ginger. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy how, like, every regeneration seems to be, um, you know, obviously it's a physical change, but it also seems to be like a reboot of the of the person themselves. So, like... It makes total sense that she would hit one button and everything would go to shit because, like, she just regenerated. She doesn't remember how any of this shit works. Right. Right. That uh, was one of Capaldi's first lines, right? Do you know, do you how, know how to fly, you know how to fly, this, fly thing? this thing? Yes. <laughs> um, she, oh, the other thing that um, they they did a couple of regeneration fakeouts in season ten because. Uh. Because they knew that, you know, it was the last season, so they were just fucking with everybody. But the thing that I noticed in this episode that I loved is they brought back the original uh, regeneration music cue from, like, season one. It, it, you probably would recognize this if you heard it. It's like a... And that's the way you know that was really because they don't fuck around with music cues though when they have a theme for something they bring it back when that thing is back and if it's a fake out they don't bring that music cue back so that so, was pretty cool so how long has he been regenerating because he's they, in this episode they've been there they consistently were saying that he's been fighting it it was yeah. like the end of the last episode pretty much oh, yeah okay um so it's not, not a that very long. long fight <laughs> I am wondering as well about the music, whether the music that came after the regeneration, where like everything is in chaos, I'm wondering whether that is her theme or whether that was just general like soundtrack madness. I'm like, I'm very curious to know. I'm very interested in like what each doctor's theme is, musical theme. Well, do you have any idea when we're going to find out? No, we don't have a premiere date yet, and it's really pissing me off. Wow! Especially, really? especially given the fuck you that that like those last couple of seconds seem to be. Like, I don't. First of all, you're the doctor. You've been through this regeneration fucking twelve times now. Why do you put the TARDIS in flight every <laughs> time you regenerate? Why? It's always a disaster. It's always going to crash or blow up or something terrible is going to happen. Why are you? Why do you do it mid-flight? I don't know. But isn't that like an easy way to get it so that they can redo the TARDIS and make it? Yes. You know, I mean, it absolutely is. But 
doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> I mean, the first doctor flipping out at how the how ch- shitty. The, yes. The, the, the hardest looked. Like, the the remodel, the redecoration, and, and the fact that they, they everybody kept referencing the windows. I was like, they're oh, they're just different color patterns. That's it. They're the same windows. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, he's literally dropped the doctor out of the TARDIS mid dematerialization. So now the dar- not only is the doctor falling through the, what is presumably Earth's atmosphere, but also the TARDIS is gone. Like, yeah. what the? That could not be a bigger fuck you to the new showrunner. Like, here, <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> And I don't mean it necessarily that it was meant as a fuck you as maybe it, maybe it's a challenge. Maybe they talked about it together like and, you know, figured out what the transition was going to be. I don't know what they did, but like that's certainly a big statement. I don't know what the statement is necessarily. I don't think we'll know until we see the new episode. But holy shit, man. So I really want to see the new season. A hell of a cliffhanger. Well, I mean, I guess as soon as we find out, we'll let the, you know, the let listening everyone audience know. In. I mean, it'll be it'll be blasted on my personal Facebook page, if nothing else. <laughs> yes. Probably in all caps with 45 exclamation points. <laughs> and an emoji or two. All right. Karen, so I'm assuming, like, yeah, yeah, as a, a Who fan, you enjoyed this episode? I did. It had a few problems, but not, not enough to, to ruin it. Just a, just a little bit too much moffeting for you? Yeah, I mean, an amount of moffeting to be expected. Interesting. Chris? I was, I was very happy with it. It was a lot of fun. Good. Good, good, good. All right. I, like I said, enjoyed the hell out of it, and we'll watch the rest of the previous season. So with that said, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. T-shirts. We all wear them. We all love them. They're inconsistent sizing may be frustrating, but is there anything better in life than the right t-shirt? I think not. But did you know for a wrestling fan in the 90s, good t-shirts were hard to find? In fact, if you were a wrestling fan back in the day who wanted to wear their WWF pride proudly emblazoned across your chest, you were all but guaranteed to look like a fool. Thankfully, times have changed. And GeekAid's very own Dan Ryan is going to explain to you how. Don't miss Why I Love Wrestling. Pro Wrestling Tease. Did you hear? Mega Man is back. Later this year, I mean. Jonathan Fuger has a long history with the Blue Bomber, and his timely return has his head filled with promises of multicolored robots shooting lemons at semi-sentient traffic cones, toe-tapping music, and no more bad jokes about prom dresses. Check out what Capcom's flagship franchise means to Jonathan in Make Mega Man Mega Again, located in the Think Tank. Tales from the Crypt is one of those TV shows that a lot of fans hold in very high regard, and as such, GeekAid's resident horror expert Alex Azar started a recap series all about this revered show. Unfortunately, season one was, well, a different kind of horror. But just in time for the new year, Alex has moved on to season two. Do things get better? Does the Crypt Keeper's cult status become justified? Do Demi Moore and Jeffrey Tambor in a fat suit make for the ultimate Hollywood power couple? Find out in Rising from the Crypt, Dead Right. 
You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at the theallnewgeekade.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, Evan. So, you ready for your Dragon Ball Super 60-second summary? Eh, more or less, let's just do this thing. What does that mean? You're about to find out. And go. Alright, so I don't even remember what happened on Dragon Ball Super. It was like two weeks ago, there was no new episode this week. But anyway, let's get to the point here, okay? So, uh, Patty, who was on this podcast before, she co-hosts Mutant Musings, she said that I could share her Crunchyroll subscription thing. So I said, hey, I've been looking into, you know, nice, legitimate way to watch Dragon Ball Super every week. So I contacted her and said, you know what, I'll take you up on that offer. But then she said, I don't have a Crunchyroll subscription anymore. I have this other subscription. And I was like, oh, cool, that's on Apple TV. But I went to Apple TV. Guess what? It's not on there. So I said, all right. Screw it. I really want to watch Dragon Ball Super uh, Sunday, and it's going to be great. So I signed up for my very own Crunchyroll subscription. I went through all the little thingamahoos, and I looked at the other show they had on there, and it looks like a pretty cool little thing. I'm watching another show called My Hero Academia, and I checked out a, uh, an episode of Cowboy Bebop, and it was wonderful. So I went to go watch Dragon Ball Super on Sunday morning, and guess what? There was no new episode because it was New Year's, and the guys that do it in Japan were just like, ah, Vegeta's going to fight uh, Jiren next week, so have fun being in suspense. Butts. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary. Yeah. Or whatever that whatever was. Whatever that, yeah. All right, let's get into the news. First up, this story is adorable. It just shows what kind of guy Peter Capaldi is. Um,. This coming from Bleeding Cool News. Uh, apparently, Peter Capaldi contacts fans. <laughs> and there was a nine-year-old that was a little upset about, you know, the, the Christmas episode, the, the regeneration, you know, the end of Peter's run. And he sent him a very nice note, handwritten Christmas note to this kid. Like, that's awesome. It was so sweet. It was so <laughs> sweet. Oh, my God. I was, you know, as soon as I saw it, I mean, I literally teared up reading this story because what a guy Capaldi is and just makes me realize how much I'm going to miss him. And then I immediately turned around and posted this story to my Facebook page and said, you're not cry. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Shut up your faces. Um, <laughs> what I do, I like, OK, so they have, you know, they, they type out what he said and it was very nice. And then they show an image. It's got a little signed, you know, image of Doctor Who um, signed by Peter. And then there's like what looks like a handwritten cartoon that do you think (laughs) that Peter drew that? I'm sure he did. I want to believe that he did. It's an adorable little Dalek. And, And this heartwarming handwritten note. Like... That's awesome. It, it makes me wish my kid had written him a letter because I really think he would have appreciated getting a letter like that. Or at least you would have. Uh, well, you know I would have. <laughs> and it's not, this it just wasn't a one-time occurrence because apparently within this same article, uh, another fan wrote and in passing said what her birthday was and he sent her a happy birthday card, which... That's just awesome in itself as well. Yeah, I think it was that he was, her birthday was the same day as his debut as the doctor. So that's why he sent her the birthday card. There you go. 
which was very That's sweet. That's very, very, very sweet. <laughs> all right, so apparently, all right, let, let's let's finish out the the Doctor Who news. Uh, this coming from Doctor Who TV. Um, so, who is John Pertwee? Karen. <sighs> hurts my heart when i hear things like that he is the third doctor okay Wait, I, that i don't know who the third doctor is that hurts your heart yes oh, people should know who john pertwee is okay all right so apparently john pertwee had a specific type of coat and mark gatiss owns that coat he tried apparently to get it into the episode i didn't read this article till after i watched did did it happen because they said it's possible it may have been cut yeah, I, I mean, I didn't get a chance to rewatch the episode and check. But, I mean, if it was there, it just would have been in the background. It wasn't a big thing. But it's just cute that the people who work on this show have such an appreciation for its history that they try to do little things like that to incorporate old props and stuff. Is that a velour purple um, or maroon smoking jacket that he's wearing yeah it is it's fucking badass this is why you need to acquaint yourself with john pertwee you seriously need to watch some third doctor he's amazing i, I like the pirate cuffs as well man's got some kicking tastes yes he wears that jacket and he's basically an action hero it's like it's out of control <laughs> well good on him for trying to get it on the show uh I will actually go back to check if it actually happened. Um, all right. Karen, you posted this. I got really excited. And then, I don't know, how you, you posted this on December 22nd. So today, when I actually read the article, I, I was slightly disappointed. But still, it's really cool. Um, the title yeah, is... The, the, I guess the headline's a little bit of a fake out. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is now a thing that Kevin Conroy is going to voice the entirety of my childhood. Um, <laughs> the article states, Kevin Conroy trades in the Dark Knight to voice Darth Vader. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be cool. But slightly misleading. Apparently, there is a show or like a web series um, that he and who it's called talking tunes and is robert is rob paulson the host yes so he's the isn't he the voice of oh god wacko so many yeah wacko or yakko one he of was, the he two. was the voice of yakko uh he was the voice of Raphael in the 80s ninja turtles cartoon uh geez what uh, was the voice of um pinky i believe pinky okay in the brain He's done a metric ton of voices. Uh, look at his IMDb page and then just marvel. And, <laughs> and by the way, folks, when Chris cited all that stuff, he was not looking at the IMDb oh, no. page. He just knows that. He just has that shit stored in his head. Because <laughs> it's Rob freaking Paulson. <laughs> just a little behind-the-scenes inside baseball there for you. So on this show, Talking Tunes, uh, Rob and Kevin... Did the, the 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 interaction between Luke and Vader when Vader reveals that he is his he is Luke's father? There is a video that sent chills down my spine. <laughs> that man, Kevin Conroy's voice, 
goes to your soul when he speaks. Doesn't matter what he's saying. It I it, it only just makes me think of what a Star Wars series could be that is voiced by Kevin. I mean, it could happen, right? Like they could decide to come up with some animated thing and sign Kevin Conroy to do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that would that would be awesome. I'm on they've the quality of Star Wars TV. I mean, I think Karen, this was your first time really watching Rebels, right? Yeah. It's a pretty quality show, right? Yeah, we started watching Rebels with our son and he's into it and uh, I dig it and Ellie loves Chopper the Droid. Oh my god. She squeals every time he comes on the screen. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, there you go. So it is a possibility. But I mean, that said, whenever Vader shows up on um, uh, Rebels, he's voiced by James Earl Jones. So, is but he... James Earl Jones won't be around forever. That's very. That's also very true. I guess, it, and it's all new voiceover work, right? It's not like they're. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. This show doesn't take place really within the same time frame as the the movies. It's before. It's before uh, the 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 first Star Wars actually. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I believe it's technically before Rogue One, if I remember correctly, as well. Okay. Well, either way, check out the the link in the show notes because there is there is a video inside there, and just marvel at the dulcet tones of Kevin Conroy. Um, next up, this coming to us from TV Line. Now, I had no idea who this person is, and I'm uh, I, I'm assuming both you two. Did, because we chatted about it. Um, Hoda, how do you even say her last name? Hoda Kotby. Hoda Kotby, officially promoted yes. to co-anchor. So she was the one who took over for Lauer. Yes. For, for a bit, and now it's official. Yeah, she was previously the um, co-anchor of the, what do they call it, the fourth hour of the Today Show with Kathy Lee. Okay. And... The unfortunate the thing hour. about exactly the unfortunate thing about that hour of the Today Show. Not that I'm home to watch daytime TV anymore, but when I was, I love Hoda. Hoda is amazing. Hoda is very enjoyable to watch. Kathy Lee is the fucking worst. <laughs> so I could never watch. I could never get any Hoda because I couldn't get it without Kathy Lee unless it's tarnished was like a guest by Kathy or something. <laughs> now she's. My, very deservingly so um being made the main co-anchor of the regular today show um so that's fantastic so you get seven to nine i think you get savannah and hoda and al roker and all the other gang and then nine o'clock is that megan kelly bullshit and then 10 o'clock is hoda that's and still going huh i think yikes i haven't heard anything about it going away um so daytime no TV fans for at all None. and like could they choose a better person to replace someone who is dismissed in such a dishonorable way like we're going to take away a sexual predator and replace him with a woman of color like yep. this is what should be happening everywhere yeah good call well not to mention wait. she's extremely qualified and lovely and wonderful to watch very good. <laughs> Yay, Hoda. Yay, Hoda. Also from TV Line. Um, it's funny that this is the second time this week. All right. So a series of unfortunate events got a teaser um, 
and gets it's it's going to premiere in March. So we got our date and our first teaser of it. Um, I didn't realize how big the cast had grown. Like some heavy names are in there. Like I mean, Nathan Fillion's going to be in the next season, which is awesome. I watch anything that he's in. Um, but apparently it was a message from Count Olaf, which is played by uh, the one, the only Neil Patrick Harris. Um, so I was, it's, it's odd that this came up because I was presented with a, a situation a couple of days ago. Um, someone was, you know, watching Netflix and the choice was between uh, a series of unfortunate events, season one, or Stranger Things, season one. Tough call. And I, I stopped for a second and I went, ooh, that is a tough call because both of them are phenomenal. Yeah, they're both very good. And that made me stop then again and go, damn, Netflix is doing a really good fucking job. <laughs> uh, they ultimately went with Stranger Things season one and then proceeded to binge watch season two as well. So... I think that's the right call. It Lemony is. Snicket is good, but um, it, it's hard to beat that. Stranger Things that first season is like perfect. Yeah, yeah it's magic in a bottle. And 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 unfortunate, you know, series of unfortunate events is very ooh stylized. Like it is a cartoony world. Stranger and Things you can is w- just shy of reality, except for the like the monsters. <laughs> right. And you can watch, like, one or two Lemony Snickets and then put it down and come back and whatever. Like, Stranger Things is totally bingeable. Well, it's it's just shy of a necessity to binge it. Like, that is the ultimate, ah, oh, just one more episode. And then 3 a.m. rolls around and you're like, good god damn. All right, one more episode. <laughs> but with that said, um, we're going to get season two of Series Unfortunate Events in March. Yay. That makes me happy. Yeah. And I think I want to watch it with you, honey. I know I didn't watch season one with you, but uh, I picked up enough from doing the recaps that uh, that I'd like to jump on board that train. Cool, man. Toot, toot. Indeed, I am cool. In- I heartily recommend it. Great show. Great show. Um, all right, next up from New York Times. Um, this is actually pretty goddamn epic. Uh, powerful Hollywood women unveil anti-harassment action plan. Now, I read this, and it there's a lot of information here. So, the the summation is very important people are doing a very good thing for those that don't have the ability to do it for themselves. Okay, all of these the 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 Hollywood. Uh, the women in Hollywood and, you know, major lawyers and writers, like, they have a spotlight. And that spotlight currently is being shown upon the world of Hollywood and how creepy a lot of guys are in, in Hollywood. This, I, I don't even know this, this action plan. It's like a this campaign. This, this campaign yeah. is not only working with that, but also flipping that coin and showing for you know and doing work for those you know like farm workers and and like it's just there's a whole other side of this story that's not getting the press because it's not hollywood and it's really amazing 
to see this group of people, this group of women so far, I think one name, one male name in this, which was Steven Spielberg because he was a sub, uh, you know financial supporter of it. Um, they're just getting together and saying, you know what? We got to fix this. And not just in Hollywood, we got to fix this all over the place. Yeah, they're providing money and like legal assistance to um, all kinds of, you know, disenfranchised women from all kinds of various other industries that are not as in the spotlight as the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love, what I love about this is that you can hear about like all manner of scandals with famous people and, and they just, you know, whatever happens, happens and it goes away. But this whole, not just the Me Too thing, but just this whole, like, all the bad men in Hollywood being exposed thing is not just, like, that's the story and that's it. It's the victims of it are taking ownership of it, turning it into something else, and then using that to help other people who are in the same situation. I mean, just to take action with this you know, not to let not to let the awareness die with just like, okay, their justice has been served for these people, so it's over what's next. It, they're taking their justice and saying, okay, who else can we get this justice to? Because right. it needs to go to everybody. Right. And that's wonderful and amazing, and it almost makes me cry because it's just... It's, it's, it's phenomenal to see people that have power... <laughs> have the have the ability to do something and they actually do something or try to do something even even just putting forth the effort as opposed to just letting it die out because that's you know the standard fare when it comes to hollywood you know there's a scandal or there's something and then it fades away and then the next scandal shows up like this is the situation the the sexual harassment in the workplace does not just happen on a film set or in a, a TV show set. It happens everywhere. And those that can't speak out for themselves or those that can't defend themselves, whether it be financially or whatever, this group is doing what they can to, to support them. And that's, it, that's amazing. So. One of the really beautiful things I think about it is so often that the entertainment that these people make is supposed to be like a stylized, you know, fictionalized reflection of real life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, art imitates life. Now art is turning around back to life and saying, okay, what can we do for you? And like you've given what? us all this power via elevating our art form. Now let's use that power to turn around and serve the people that that power came from because if nobody watched their shows and movies nobody would know who these people are and they'd be in the exact same boat as all the you know women in other industries Mm -hmm. so absolutely it's it's super poetic you guys uh when does the golden globes happen uh january something okay because uh as to show support for this group um They are the the group is making a request that women walking the red carpet at the Golden Globes wear black, as opposed to the you know colorful bright like you know the red carpet is not to watch the guys walk down 
in wearing their tuxedos. That's not what it's about. It never has been. Doubt it ever will be. Um, but to show support for this group, they're requesting that, that women wear black. And... and- the red carpet is another thing that's kind of part of this Mm -hmm. is like, you know, it's historically like men get asked about what they're working on and women get asked what, who they're wearing. Um, because who cares what the women are working on? And now they're, you know, saying enough and they're like, all right, fine. We're going to wear black, shut up about what we're wearing and talk about what we're doing. And that's just, I think really smart way to, uh, and some people say, like, oh, who cares what you're wearing? Like, that's not really doing anything. Except that people do care what they're wearing, so they might as well do something with that. Right. Yeah, this did. If people didn't care what they were wearing, there would be no red carpet show. Exactly. And there is a red carpet show for every awards show out there. They spend two hours before the however ridiculously long award show talking to people about what they're wearing. Listen, the E1 is like all day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just saying, and I have watched it. I have watched it all, you know, in my pre-child days. I have just put E on the television all day long and watched all the filler bullshit they could possibly throw at me. <laughs> so you're the one. Really? I mean, they will do like fashion recaps from the past years like highlights and lowlights and what does this person wear last year and what do we think she'll wear this year and it's like wow guys what are the bets on next year (laughs) we're really keeping a lot of people employed here (laughs) so yeah check out the show notes for that it's there's a lot of good information and a lot of good links are attached to this article that take you out to wherever you need to gather more information. Yeah, and you can certainly uh, join this this Times Up campaign. You can j- sign a letter of support. You can donate. You can get involved. There's all sorts of things. So, like, once you go to the article, if you if you want to join the movement, like, join the movement. Mm-hmm. Yo, there you go. And finally, once again from TV Line. Um, Jillian Anderson has confirmed that the season of X-Files will be her last. <laughs> Didn't she <laughs> do that? At least her like last. 10 years ago? <laughs> um, I thought she said that last season was going to be her last season. Like She's like, yeah, we'll do this one. Now that she's doing another one. And apparently people were shocked that she said, no, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> just just going to pack up my... My alien hunting kitten going home. And good for her. Yeah. I think she's done enough for this franchise. <laughs> she really has. <laughs> I mean, she's done enough to get it. She She's done all she can to get it back on its feet. Now it needs to either live and die by, by its own merit mm-hmm. and not by like, oh my God, Scully's back. Like, I think that you probably couldn't get rid of David Duchovny with you know pit bulls, but <laughs> but she, she's got she's got better things to do, and she has served her fans well enough. <laughs> yeah, she's done good by her fans. Um, so, like I said, this season it's a ten episode run. Uh, what is it, eleventh? I feel like it's uh, yeah, season eleven. Yeah, Jesus, it, that kicks off January. It uh, kicks off tonight. We're recording, right? Tonight's the nope. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow's the third. Yes. So by the so, time this episode drops, it will already be out there. Yeah, we will. We drop tomorrow. Today, today after tomorrow. So yesterday. <laughs> 
Math is hard. Math is hard. And then calendar stuff. So check it out. It's out there. Um, and that's it. I, I want everybody to know that whilst reading these news articles, I went back and looked at all of the websites to find other news articles. And really, the only thing that kept popping up was something about The Bachelor that I could not give less of a shit about. So that's it for the news, people. We need heavier news weeks. <sighs> Chris? Award season is coming yeah, that's true. and there will be more news. That's yeah, true. it was just New Year's. The, the, here's the news. Every celebrity was drunk, so. Woohoo! <laughs> Rang in the new year. Life oh, was good. Did you okay, yeah. so I had a question for you guys before we move on. Did you guys watch any of the New Year's shows? We watched about the last five minutes before midnight of the Dick Clark Memorial, whatever it is. Okay. Um I Okay, so we were watching movies, and then at like four minutes to midnight, we I turned on regular TV, and my girl goes, oh shit, you have cable? And I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. So that's how often I turn on my actual TV. There were four channels, because I'm in the New York area. Um, we had Dick Clark, we had Fox. I, I, one of them was like just a news report, and the report that I clicked on was people show, uh, you know, in Brooklyn. Like, why do I give up? That's not what. Anywho, I did catch um, Steve Harvey. Oh boy, marrying a couple. Oh God. <laughs> I, I I went. What in the sweet shit is this? So, clicked away. Then Mariah Carey was being crazy. Clicked away. Like, okay. We, I then settled on watching like the last bits of an episode of The Honeymooners, which boy was that a different time. Today, <laughs> today, in as I was scrolling throughout the news to look for other things, turns out that Steve Harvey became ordained earlier in the week, as so he <laughs> could do that for their New Year's Eve show. That's funny. Cra craziest thing I heard about the New Year's, you know, specials was that um, it was in fact Jenny McCarthy that we saw on oh, on yeah. that uh, on Dick Clark. And did yes. you know she's married to Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah, is that, who that was. That is who that was. Yep. And apparently, they got themselves in a little trouble for not suffering the same uh, coldness that everyone else was putting up with because they ducked into a Gap store to get out of the cold while they weren't on the air. Yeah, that's okay. Which, I mean, I would too, <laughs> yeah. but you're not paying me millions of dollars to be outside in Times Square on New Year's Eve. <laughs> did you hear? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you did you hear that Jenny McCarthy's an awful person? Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. This is not the <laughs> next up. I, I know. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't put it in the news, yeah. guys. And apparently Mariah Carey is still crazy. crazy. Like she she went on this little rant about not having hot tea. I actually heard it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is real. This is real life." She didn't get her hot tea, and she broadcast that to millions of people. Well, it's very important. She's a very important person, and she needs very important tea. Chris, just Hi. finish the show off, please. <laughs> show notes. Show notes. That was my Dean impression. <laughs> <laughs> God, those were the days. Oh boy. Um, 
Oh, sorry. I was so busy working on uh, website stuff, I forgot that I'm doing a podcast for the website. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. We did just, what, what are we going to call it? Release Geek A 3.0? Just made that live it's, it is, about it a week is, ago? It is live, yes. The, um, yeah, a little over a week ago, we... we um, Officially unveiled Geekade 3.0. Uh, this is our first major, major overhaul. Right. We did do one pretty major overhaul once before. But uh, now the whole thing is uh, it's got a different skeletal structure. We're still doing a lot of work behind the scenes. So if you hear any, any you know mouse clicks in the background, that's just me <laughs> fixing. Stuff. I am individually going through every single post that's ever been on Geekade and making sure they look right, which is exhausting. Isn't so. it, though? It is, but it's a. It, it all looks very pretty when it's done. So, yay for that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get in touch with us at malikikade.com. I swear, uh, malikikade.com has been down for. I don't know. We just discovered it was down for like a week. So. Uh-huh. It's officially back up now, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Oh, God. (laughs) Or follow this show specifically at Twebcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon and evan is at geekade underscore evan if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight be sure to check out our show notes and while you're at it you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on itunes or stitcher where if you're super nice you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new as frequently as we can now back to you evan very good chris thank you so much now uh, right before we started recording, I dropped a bomb on on you guys. Um, I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks. So we are sort of up in the air on what we're going to do. Um, once we have decided, we will let you guys know what to watch uh, via our social media outlets. Everything that Chris just mentioned. So please pay attention to that so that you can be aware of what your homework is. Because that's important. Who's, whose turn is it next? It would it's be, mine. It would be yours. Did you have an idea yep. of what you wanted to talk about? I did. And whether we, do you want to you want to reveal that, and we'll let them know when we're actually right. going to be talking it's, about it. This is this is yeah. I mean, you can go ahead and watch it, and we'll let you know like when <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Um, but I wanted to check out <laughs> timely enough the. Uh, the season 11 premiere of the X-Files airing tomorrow night. <laughs> so check out season 11, episode one, entitled My Struggle 3, pretentiously enough. Because <laughs> the premiere of season 10 was called My Struggle, and the finale of season 10 was called My Struggle 2. Wow. So now it's My Struggle 3. And let's just see what this, uh, this X-Files bag of tricks has to offer. All right. Very good. X-Files Season 11, Episode 1. And we'll let you know uh, when we're going to talk about it. So pay attention to our social medias, please. So, All right. Very good. That's all I got from all of us here at this week's episode. I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I'm still not Ginger. <laughs> good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.